Welcome to the Prim and Prosper podcast. I'm Elizabeth Hathaway. And I'm Marinella Mazzucato. So Marinella, we are back at it. Third week in a row. Go us. We're doing it. Yep. We're doing it. This week we're talking about self-time. And I thought we could start this off a little bit differently because we've talked about perfection and body image issues, which... I think everyone knows what those are. Those are like common terms, but I don't know that self-time is as talked about. So I'm curious how you define self-time or what does it mean to you? Self-time, I like to be by myself in general, but I think for me, self-time is how you use your time when you're by yourself to kind of get back in touch with who you are. That's what I would define it as. How about you? Yeah, pretty similar. So it's definitely time by myself, either spent in something such as reflection or in something that I see as either self-care or um, could also be like um, a new skill or something that I'm developing. So it's it's like a productive me time. I like non-productive me time where I can zone out like movies and stuff, but I also like to have a set of time that's dedicated to some sort of productivity. Agreed. Because if self-time was just zoning out only, um, I think a lot of people would say that they were doing self-time all the time. But there's other ways to spend that time. And I'd say for a large part of the pandemic, I was not doing a good job of self-time. I had a lot more free time. In my position, we moved to remote work, so I no longer had to commute. A lot of my social activities were either canceled or moved online. Um, You know, I think I've mentioned before on this podcast that I live in Chicago, so we, being an urban area, shut down pretty hard in the beginning of the pandemic um, since we're so densely populated. So... I did not make good use of all this extra time I found myself with and instead went to that like zone out time where I was binging Netflix, you know, things like Tiger King was was totally all in on that Um, and some other honestly kind of wastes of time. And don't get me wrong, like I think these things are important, like you can't constantly be on 24-7, but I spent way too much time in kind of that zone out period and not doing anything that was really helpful for me as like a human being and especially as a human being going through a pandemic i think as this pandemic has has moved along i've gone better at that and i've kind of reintroduced a lot more self-time into my life but for sure i struggled early on in the pandemic yeah i mean opposite spectrum florida i mean pandemic wise did we shut down? I believe it happened. I just didn't see it, you know. Um, so I was actually kind of yearning for that time where people were talking about quarantine and, you know, being at home and doing puzzles. But it lasted all of, it might have been two weeks here, you know, um, which is kind of a long time to be like with yourself if you are not doing it productively. Like I definitely did an uptake in drinking, eating things that were terrible for me. Um, that was when I was, you know, thinking of myself as like treating myself you know you know i'm home i might as well just 
how long is this going to last? When's this opportunity going to come to just like relax and do absolutely nothing? But it did get old and that's when other things like hobbies started to become more important. Like what kind of hobbies can I get myself into? Oh, I don't really have any. This is a good time to start exploring that. Yes, we were so naive in the beginning. I also found it so important to get off of screens because I was working remote. So I spent all day on my computer, whether it be responding to emails or on Zoom calls. Uh, And then I would get done with work because I didn't have a commute and a lot of my social activities were canceled. I went like immediately to my couch, which is probably four feet that way, and just started watching Netflix. So it was like, all day on the screen and that's uh you know that's taxing in a certain way there's like that zoom fatigue people talk about or screen fatigue and i definitely was getting that how is that going now as a kind of you know you've kind of opened up in chicago a little bit enough to be able to get out and do a little something yeah so things have opened up which means i can definitely do more socializing but also I've been better about kind of setting some restrictions and making time for myself and the things that either re-energize me or allow me to reflect or fulfill me. So now I, each day before work, during lunch and after work, for example, I always take a walk. And one that's like helpful before and after work as like a transition from like work time to personal time. So like I leave my home, I go walk outdoors. So it's, you know what I mean? It like creates some sort of a transition for me, but I'm also on the fresh air. I'm also not on a screen of any kind. So I'm getting some form of exercise as well. Uh, And I I often listen to podcasts. I'm a big podcast listener. Uh, So I do do that during my walks, but sometimes I don't. Either way though, I kind of count that for me as self-time because I'm outdoors in fresh air, getting exercise. So that for me is has been a huge thing to do to yeah, to increase myself time and to take care of myself. Yeah, similarly, I am like working in a building that's pretty empty. So I find myself with a lot of self-time, but I could just easily sit down at an empty cubicle and stare at my phone for 5 hours. And that could be the day, but I've been trying to like walk outside more, you know, look for different views that I haven't seen from different offices that are vacant now, which is kind of neat. And I kind of like, just look out the window. Like how often have I ever done that before? I really didn't. And, you know, take walks and listen to music more and, you know, kind of zone out, but enjoy the elements around me. Yeah, there's something about being in nature, even if you live right, and I live in an urban area, so it's a lot of concrete and very little trees and greenery, Um, but there's still something about being out there in fresh air that's natural, I think, for humans. I think if you think about the, the lifespan of humanity, this concept of living indoors is actually pretty new. Like back in hunter gatherer days, we lived in caves. We did live indoors, so I think we do well being outdoors. I know that for me, if there are days where I don't go for any walks and I don't get outdoors at all, it's very, like, I notice that um, in me. It's, like, lower energy. My mood is just not as even. Like, my mood is, like, higher or lower. It's, it's stuff like that when I 
don't make a consistent habit of of getting outdoors in nature, even if that nature is the cro- the concrete jungle that is Chicago. Yeah, I mean, it, even if I just walk around my condo complex, which is nothing but like speed bumps, and I take the dog out for a walk, I feel like a million times better than if I was just to sit in this room. Like, I, there's even times where I'm like, I wish I could just like do the podcast outside, and it would probably feel like completely different, but. Uh, I think sound elements right now are we're trying to stay as controlled as possible, obviously, but I've thought about like what kind of different feeling would that bring to the podcast for us to be able to be outside? Totally. I've actually had some Zoom calls with clients and they're outdoors, like on their back, whether it be deck or if they have a backyard and I am jealous. I don't really have that option in the apartment I live in. Um, and I think it's wonderful that it's becoming a bit more normalized. I think it's healthier for us. We were in some really unhealthy habits as like workers, like so many people like constantly have their work phone on or responding to emails all hours of the night or will take a phone call all hours of the night. Right? There's all these like unhealthy work culture things that are very normal in the U.S. and I do feel like maybe a small bit of that is being taken back. And one of that, or at least one trend I see is I, I see a lot more clients, you know, sitting outdoors on a Zoom call. And I'm like, good for you. Like, you go sit outdoors and enjoy that fresh air. Yeah. And back to what you were saying with like the checking emails and all of that stuff, that's something that I've been guilty of doing even on like paid time off. And I don't even work. Like, I work in the office, so I can't imagine what it's like for people who are working at home, like, to resist that urge to, like, get ahead of the game. Because, I mean, I don't think I'm alone in this, but I have some, like, pretty unrelenting, like, standards for what I should be doing to perform, like, in all aspects of my life. And I definitely do that at work. So just giving my per- myself permission to stop checking stuff like that, that's, you know, that can wait, I feel like that's a self-care item now for everybody. Yeah, absolutely. And like I said, at the top of the podcast, I think self-care is a big part of self-time. Like I think if you're using your self-time wisely, self-care is one of those things you should incorporate. And I think that people assume like a bubble bath or, you know, something like that, lighting candles in the apartment. I really think of it as something like you just said, where you set like a boundary and you say like, nope, this is this is my time. I'm eating dinner. I'm not going to check my work emails and respond or I'm on PTO or I'm spending time with my kids. You know, like you have to have a boundary and that really is about self-care. Yeah, I tried some some of the more, you know, I guess some of the more general things that come to mind for self-care, like I got myself a a massage subscription um and i went every month and i was enjoying it at first but after a while i was like i really don't feel like going but now i feel like i have to go because this is how i take care of myself and that's when i realized that self-care is not necessarily like that external stuff just because i'm getting a massage doesn't mean that like that's me taking care of myself if the entire time i'm getting a massage i'm thinking about like how I don't really want to be there or how I wasn't in the mood for it or how I spend the money on something that I'm not that crazy about. So self-care is so much different than just, you know, those like pampering things. 
Totally. And not that pampering can't be part of it, but you're right. If that's all you're doing for self-care, you're probably not. I mean, I hate to be like, you're not doing enough. But really, you're probably not doing enough because it's, it is. It's about setting boundaries and, and limitations. It's about prioritizing, you know, what's most important in your life. Um, and sure, work is part of that picture, but so is family, socializing, having self-time. Like, those are all equally as important. There's a trainer that I work with, um, and she calls it the the five buckets principle. And she says, you know, you have these buckets like finances and your health you know, family and social life, work life. And then I think it's personal time. I think I got those buckets, right? But her whole like visualizing of this is like, you need to be filling all the buckets. And if you're only filling some of them, then you're going to fall short. So it's about like making sure you're spending time and energy with each bucket and and getting some water or whatever you're filling it with. It's a metaphor. (laughs) Work with me. I gotcha. I also pictured a Mr. Bucket, like that 90s game, where the balls yes. pop out of his mouth. Yes, it's pr- she probably has a missed opportunity to like incorporate that into her training. Um, so what are other ways that you spend your self-time that you find fulfilling, rewarding, important? Um, for me, some of the things that I do for self-time are... Like, I like exploring and seeing things that I wouldn't normally see, and I'll intentionally do that by myself so that I'm not getting too much influence from what somebody else is looking for. So I'll get on my bike, I'll ride down to um, the downtown area, and I'll kind of just poke my head into places that I haven't been before just to kind of, you know, get in touch with my more, like, adventurous side that I feel like I lost a lot of touch with as I got older, Um, you know, just got into routines. So that's... That's one of the biggest things that I do with my self-time. And when I miss out on it, I start to get really cranky because I'm just like, I haven't done anything that I wanted to do. And it's true because I really haven't like taken that time to go and just be completely into what I want to do at the time. That sounds so fun. What is one of the I don't know, I don't want to say coolest, but like what's one of the unique or like little a little hidden gem. I discovered like, um, I popped, I forgot what the place is called, but it's like, there used to be a flea market in St. Pete that was really well known and it closed down and there was like this little stand in it called Wendy's Closet and I discovered that they moved, she had actually got enough support to move downtown. So I just stumbled into there and like she was the one business from this giant flea market that actually moved on and she does vintage t-shirts so you'll like walk in and the t-shirts are mostly from the 80s and 90s but they're not like 75 dollars they're like 10 bucks and it's like okay i can get a real vintage t-shirt granted it's not like gonna be like those ones that are worth like oh this rare like t-shirt but it's still like a piece of nostalgia and i think that was probably one of the cooler places oh my gosh that's a total hidden gem that I'm going to now use the word hidden gem since I couldn't think of it before when I was asking you the question, but that's so cool. And I'm glad to hear she survived the like flea market situation and was able to get like an actual storefront. That's really awesome. Yeah. I mean, especially downtown, it's like, that's kind of like you've made it. Yeah. 
So one of the things I've gone back into in 2021 that I didn't do at all in 2020 was reading. So I used to be a pretty voracious reader. Um, always like we have a great public library system in the city of Chicago and I, I am a proud library card holder and I used to always have at least one book, if not two on me. Um, and right I commuted on the train, so it was natural for me to read books on my commute. Um, if I had a lunch break at work and I was downtown, I might go sit in one of the downtown parks and read. So I used to read quite a bit. And I actually kind of fell out of reading prior to the pandemic. I was in a, at a company where I was really, really stressed and overworked. And so I stopped doing any sort of self-care and reading I would consider a self-care for me. Uh, so I'd stopped doing that. And then I started this job back in like November of 2019. And I, and I was slowly getting back into reading during my commute again. And bam, the pandemic hits in March 2020. I don't have a commute anymore. And so like my normal cadence with reading like oh I'm bring it with me on the train and I read on the train like that got disrupted and 2020 just became all about binging tv and not doing anything that was actually fulfilling for me and so now I'm getting back in touch with that and like making time I don't have a commute still but I'm making time like usually most evenings just before bed to read for a little bit uh and I just find it yeah, fulfilling is probably the best way I can describe it. Like it's a good way for me to unwind and turn my brain off that's not watching TV. Uh, and I usually read fiction, but sometimes I read nonfiction. And I just love storytelling. And I, you know, I'm enjoying having that time now as part of my, like a daily habit almost. I do it most days I'm back into reading. So that's been a big self-time you know, improvement for me in 2021. I I really wish I could get back into reading. I, I, I can't. I just, I think I get so caught up with the fact that there's like audiobooks and, and documentaries and I'm like, well, this is still like enriching, but there is something that, you know, is to be said about just like reading the words and they actually do like, especially at the end of the night before you get to bed, that's like natural melatonin to me. Like, okay, let me start reading some of these pages and you know, it's it, it's something I need to get back into myself. So I think you've kind of encouraged me to pick up a book. Maybe one of the books that I have on this shelf here that hasn't been touched, you know, like I've got I've got books. I just don't really read them. I mean, that sounds like a convenient place to start, you know, the bookshelf <laughs> that's a couple of feet away. <laughs> one grab away. Yeah. <laughs> I will warn you, though, it's a double-edged sword reading at night. Most nights, it helps lull me to sleep. But once in a while, if I'm reading like a page turner book, I'm like looking at the clock like, yeah, I can read for 30 more minutes, 15. And I just, you know, keep pushing my bedtime until unreasonable hours of the night. Uh, <laughs> other ways that you <laughs> spend yourself time that you find rewarding or important or fulfilling um, another way that I have been spending my self time has been getting more into like fitness and not necessarily um, just going to the gym, but like I, I started, you know, putting rollerblades back on and trying that out. Um, 
like I said, bike rides are something new that I'm trying. I'm trying to run outside on like, not really trails in Florida because they don't really exist as much without being knee deep in water, but just like off pavement running, things like that. And then another thing that I'm trying is to get back into my photography or artistic side. I was doing some watercolors and I don't know why I stopped. I guess it's just like watercolors are so tricky. So I got a little bit discouraged, but it was super relaxing. I was always like really proud of what I produced, even if I didn't share it with anybody. I just was like, oh, I made that. You know what I mean? It kind of brought back that creative side of me. I love that. I also find it interesting. The rollerblading is it's adventurous to me as well. And I feel like one of the first things you mentioned was like wanting to feed that adventurous side, which is why you like exploring. To me, at least, I would find rollerblading also to feed my adventurous side. Perhaps that's because I've never really rollerbladed. So it would definitely take a bit of getting out of the comfort zone for me. Um, but I hear you on the exercise part. Like I'm finding myself wanting to move more, especially as I increase my walking. And one thing I'm trying to get back into, and I'd started at the beginning of 2021 and then kind of stopped for a bit was doing yoga each day and not necessarily for very, very long. I'm just trying to like create a habit of getting up in the morning and doing some yoga. So It could be for 10 minutes, it could be for 30, it could be for longer, but just like doing some amount of time. And some days I take it much easier, almost like just very light stretching movements and other days I do more like flows. Um, But for me, yoga isn't necessarily about the adventure side, it's like about the mindfulness side and being present because I think it's something I struggle with. I'm such a worrier that I'm constantly like worrying about things that may never happen or I'm, I'm focused on the past, like reliving stuff and just like beating myself up over it. So yoga, yoga helps me feel very like grounded in the moment because I'm like thinking about my posture or like my shoulders in line or my hips in line, you know, so I'm not, yeah, I'm not wasting that brain energy worrying about or feeling guilty about other things Um, and that, that has been a really beneficial way to start my days. I feel like it's that whole concept of getting out of the bed on the right foot. Um, that's been big for me. Yeah. I mean, the start of the day is big for me like that too. I don't really do much. When I first wake up, my first thing to do is to like have coffee and sit with it and drink it and not do anything else. Because if I have coffee and start doing things like. I will have that coffee for three hours and it'll be the same cup of coffee. So I make myself take the cup of coffee to the couch. I pet the dogs or, you know, I play with Marley, my, my Jack Russell, just a little bit while I drink my coffee. And that to me is just like a quiet start instead of turning on the news like I used to do and just like blasting out the door and just getting stuff accomplished right away. That sounds so wonderful. So I am a morning person. I'm usually up. Well, when I commuted, I was always up at five. I now get up Mm -hmm. around 530. uh, But most of my friends find that very early. But here's the thing that I tell people. They don't realize Chicago and I live on a busy street. So there are 
always cars and traffic. It's, yeah, I, I believe in one of the episodes we were recording, like an ambulance drove by and you could hear it. I mean, I'm just on a really busy road. But the mornings are so peaceful and quiet in Chicago. Before most people get up and are like commuting and the hustle and bustle has started, there's like half an hour or an hour of peace. And I do my yoga during that time. And then I, while I'm doing my yoga and brewing my cup of coffee, so as soon as I'm done with my yoga, I can have a cup of coffee on the couch. And there is there's something that's just so pleasant about a Chicago morning. And I don't understand how my friends don't love it as much as I do. Uh, they're all night owls. I don't, I don't get it. I do not get it, Marinella. Neither do I. I mean, I think it's because it's Chicago and you like it that much more because it's not how it should be. You know what I mean? It's just like bizarre that it's happening. So you appreciate it that much more. But when I used to work in hotels, I would work the morning shifts and the quiet of like if you're a staff employee or a staff member at a hotel of like knowing that everybody in that building is asleep and you're you're the only person like awake alert and able to enjoy it it was just like i made half the money as everybody else that worked like dinner shifts i was like i don't care i wouldn't trade this like hour and a half of just complete peace for anything while i'm being paid like like i mean come on totally it's blissful, absolutely blissful. Um, so you had also mentioned water coloring. I think I said that right. And that being like a creative, like feeding into a creative energy for you. I just recently feel like I've been tapping back into my creative self time. One being this podcast because, you know, we're learning how to talk, <laughs> talk, record like getting creative on topic ideas things we want to discuss right so like that's kind of I feel like was the first step back into like my creativity self time and now I'm finding myself starting to write I used to always be I kept a diary all the time um just because I liked something about putting my thoughts physically onto paper like pen to paper was just I don't know probably cathartic or I don't know it's just something that I enjoy doing um and I got away from that and I'm not necessarily writing in a diary again but I'm writing just like prose and fiction and not that I'm necessarily going to do anything with it it's just really for me to like have this creative outlet where I kind of jot down these crazy ideas for stories or write about a character I think about in my head I I just really enjoy it and I don't like I said don't know that it's ever going to lead anywhere that's not really the point of me doing it right now it's just more about me feeling like I've got a creative energy going again and wanting to um, feed into that that's that's cool because I mean I think a lot of people do keep a diary or journal that they return to even if it's like every month but like to have like those other creative like especially fiction I can't like wrap my brain around those thoughts because I'm such like a my brain just thinks realistically all the time. So like to go into a fiction creative kind of setting that to me sounds awesome. It probably says something about me psychologically. Like if you were going to analyze me, they're like, Oh, she wants to live in a fantasy world. (laughs) Doesn't everyone? I mean, really? I mean, come on. (laughs) Right. (laughs) But yeah, no, it's been great. It's just been, 
um, yeah, it's it's been nice to kind of tap into this creative side that I haven't been tapped into really in a long time. Uh, and I, I think that's why I love this idea when you said let's do a topic of self-time because I'm like, man, I, I feel like I had been so neglectful of self-time kind of the past couple of years and I've really started to in 2021 bring that back into my life and I'm already seeing how how it's benefited me I'm I'm getting more in touch with nature again I'm you know exercising more I feel like my creativity has been tapped into I mean so right all these like things are flourishing that were completely um <laughs> neglected <laughs> I'm imagining like a little flower that was like wilted and dying and like now I'm giving it a little little water and sunshine and like putting its little petals up. I do feel for like parents and like trying to figure out these ways to like get the self time because like I live by myself. I can pretty much like dedicate to at least two hours a day to whatever the hell I want if I make time for it. But I just wonder what it, mm-hmm. you know, it, it would be neat to know, like, how somebody who's just super busy, what either with kids or, like, just has a crazy work schedule or lots of other things that they have to do, like, what little things that they kind of pepper in. Like, do you have any short little things you do for self-time that take, like, five minutes where you're just like, I'm so glad I did that? Yeah, that's a great question because you're right. Both of us are single and not necessarily time limited um we you know we're able to make a lot more time for self-care uh or and self-time i so i'm gonna think on a couple of ideas but i will say i recall doing a training a couple of years ago and there was this conversation about how you make time for it was purposely self-care um and the the trainer was like even if it's just literally a moment where you're sipping your coffee and you're acknowledging the sunrise or the sunset if you're having tea at night like just taking a moment to like be present like acknowledge something that you're grateful for that day um whether it's like the sunrise the sunset your kids something that happened um even just like that moment of gratitude and that moment of being fully present with yourself and like the surroundings um around you that that can be a very powerful thing, especially if you make a routine of it and you're consistently doing that because then you're kind of consistently tapping into this perspective of gratefulness and you find yourself doing it more and more, which we maybe should do a whole topic on gratefulness, not to sidetrack us here, but that was one thought. Yeah, so that was one thought I had is like taking a a very brief moment, literally could be one to two minutes, um, just pausing, being fully present, aware of your surroundings and and being grateful for something, like say something aloud that you're grateful for. And that can be perhaps it for parents. But I think we should maybe come up with some more ideas. Is there anything else you do that's short and sweet? I think the quick ones for me are like that I kind of just they're they're short things that I do throughout my day that I like kind of like to do. I water my my plants on my patio. It probably takes like five minutes, but it's very you know like like you said you are very present when you do it. Um, I get to admire my plants and see how they're changing and growing. Um, gets me outside, so that's like a quick thing where I'm like 
you know, and I've got these massive vine plants and I'm like, look what I did after, you know, watering these plants just little by little and just watching it all happen in front of me slowly. Um, another thing I do is that sometimes if I just feel super stressed out, I take a, a shower. It might be five minutes, but I just, I run in there real quick. I like a super hot shower and then I finish it like freezing cold and that kind of just like seems to like just wake me up or refresh me or something. And other times I just, I lay on the carpet um, in my living room because it's something that I don't normally do. I'm just like laying flat, like just looking up and I'm like, this is a perspective I don't get anymore that I used to get all the time, you know, like laying on the carpet and just taking a minute. So some, somewhat odd, but. <laughs> <laughs> then I accidentally start stressing about the cobweb that I find <laughs> on my ceiling. Yeah, you'll start to see some things, yeah. Um, no, I love those ideas. And it also made me think, I don't do this really as much anymore because I feel like yoga has replaced this a bit for me. But for parents who are probably short on time, this could be a really great thing is honestly doing like a mindfulness meditation. And you can do that as short as you want or as long as you want. But yeah, and there's apps out there, right? Like Headspace, Calm, Insight Timer, I know has a bunch of free ones. Uh, and you could do honestly right before you go to bed, like while you're brushing your teeth or just as soon as you wake up in the morning, if you're, if you wake up before your kids and just spend five minutes doing a meditation. And again, similar to like the gratitude thing, you know, mindfulness, if you make it a daily practice, um, they've done like not to go on this big tangent, but they've done research on like they've done scans, imaging scans on the brains of like monks who meditate for hours and hours a day. And you can see that the like brain functions in a different way than the average human. Uh, and it's, it's attributed to meditation. And I don't think you need to spend hours and hours a day. Like I know monks in a monastery can spend like eight hours a day um, in meditation, I think you can start seeing some of those benefits from seriously like five minutes a day, you know, that you find that your mood is more equal, like, you know, like even keeled throughout the day, not as high of highs or low of lows. Um, again, you probably find it easier to be in the present moment versus like worrying about what the day has in store and what you got to do with all your kids, right? Like you have five minutes where you don't have to worry about those things and that can be really beneficial. So that'd be another tip I have. Yeah. I, I think, who was it? Dan Harris that put that um, meditation for fidgety skeptics book out. Have you read that? No. Is he the guy that did, um, it, I think I know who he is, but no, I've not read the book. I mean, he's he's good because I'm like the type of person that like tried meditation so many times and I was like, this isn't working. Like I was just too wound up and he's kind of just like, gives it more of a an approach of somebody who's super anxious, which I think a lot of people are. So that's a good, I, I would suggest reading that. Well, since you're reading, it helped me a lot. I think there was an audio book, but you're gonna read it, so it's okay. <laughs> I would. I would totally. No, that's great. And it's funny because I do work a little bit in this area, hence why I have some knowledge about the research of monks' brains being scanned. Um, but 
I will also just tell people if it's a helpful tip mentally, it's called a mindfulness practice or a yoga practice because you're never a master, right? Like I think people feel like they should be good at meditation and shoulds can be a really bad thing to have. Realistically, even if your brain keeps kind of wandering off into lots of directions and you keep catching yourself, like thinking about something else and having to like bring your brain back to the present moment, that's actually the practice that makes that that makes meditation and mindfulness work. So just putting my two cents as well out there that it's a practice, so don't be too harsh on yourself if you want to do it and you feel like you're not doing it well, you're doing it just fine. It's good to know, Liz, because I am definitely the type of person that's like, I'm going to perfect it. I'm going to be zen. My mind's going to be blank. Nothing's going to bother me. And that's like the perspective that I've always had about meditation. But now that you say it that way, it kind of, yeah, I, I, I can see that that's kind of about the practice instead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like developing any skill, essentially. Um, and also, did I just hear you say I'm going to be perfect at it? Did we not learn anything from yeah, our first well, episode? Old, or, what is it? Old habits die hard. That's that's one of mine where I'm like, yeah, they I've do. got to just do it right, you know? Are, are, there thing, are there things that you find distract you from, like, self-time that you have to, like, kind of catch yourself from partaking in like do you have like you know things that you know are kind of going to take away from that and what do you do to keep it at bay yes yes absolutely so for me the biggest thing is actually if I have like a stressful day or if I'm just feeling stressed in general because a lot of my self-time things like going for a walk reading a book they require some energy from me, right? Or like writing, it it requires me to, to put in some energy where like turning on Netflix to binge something requires way less energy. And when I'm stressed, it's like I want the easiest route. I don't want to do the harder thing. Um, so for me, it comes down to just kind of reminding myself that I feel better after doing something that takes care of me and sometimes it's like negotiating so I know before we started recording I told you today it was like a crazy day for me at work so when we get done recording this because we start pretty much after I wrap up my work day I'm gonna go for a walk because I committed to going for a walk to myself but then after I get done with the walk I'm going to allow myself to sit on the couch and just like binge watch a show or two. Um, So that's like the compromise that I came up with myself, like go out, have the walk. You'll get to binge watch something later. But I know that I'll feel better if I do that. And honestly, sometimes I don't end up binge watching TV all night. Like I come back feeling more refreshed and I do something else. Um, But that's, that's for me the biggest thing. If I'm stressed... I have to remind myself that even though it will take some energy to do the self-time things, I should put in that energy. And sometimes that means like you would a small child. I'm basically negotiating. You, If you eat your broccoli, you can have a Reese's cup after. <laughs> mm. 
Yeah, and that Reese's cup is good. It is. So is the broccoli, but come on. Um, <laughs> well, I think for me, and this is going to sound silly, but like the thing that can distract me the most from doing things for myself or like, you know, or my self-care is the amount of phone calls I get. I, and it might just be my family and friends, but I could get three phone calls per night and that's the whole night if I pick up that phone. So a lot of times I have to say to myself, you know, it's okay not to pick up the call. You could call them back and just do what you're gonna do because once I pick up that call, you know, then I'm I'm getting into everybody else's stuff and I forget about mine. Like, I could have this awesome intention to, you know, go, go and do all the stuff. And then even if I took a walk and I'm on the phone the entire time, I'm not even there. So for me, like, my biggest distraction is, I guess, setting that boundary with people to say, I'm not available right now for this and not, and additionally, because I'm such a people pleaser, to not feel bad about it. Yeah, setting boundaries is tough and learning to say no is tough. I struggle with it myself, so I totally get that. I really do. Um, and it's interesting that our conversation here has almost come full circle because I feel like at the beginning of this podcast episode, we were talking about, you know, um, with the pandemic, you know, not looking at your phone all day long or responding to work emails and stuff and, and setting those boundaries. And it is a lot of, a lot of self-time comes down to creating some limits so that you prioritize yourself in that picture like you can't you can't constantly be catering to your family or whoever else at the expense of yourself that airplane mode is a blessing i'll tell you that you feel bad about it but then they're like you know what my phone might have been just out of service and and you know what that's okay they can't leave a voicemail um, I had another thought. What was it? I just, I think I just lost it actually. So maybe not. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> I'm sure it was amazing. <laughs> well, on that note, <laughs> um, but seriously, I think that probably wraps up our conversation, right? Hopefully, hopefully you make some time for some self self time this week. And we'll be back at it next week with uh, episode to be determined. That's right. Take care of yourself. Take care of yourself.